Thanks for tuning us in on your radio dial, ladies and gentlemen. This is Fan Fiction Playhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the host of this program, Leopold Cook. This is Fan Fiction Playhouse, and have we got three big announcements for you. First of all, let me tell you how to contact us before I get to those three big announcements. Go down to your local Western Union or wherever you can get your telegraph sent. Send it to the pitpodcast at gmail.com. We're still working on that trying to figure out how you can get your messages to us, as the telegraphs have not been coming in, but people have been reading what's been going on the computer screen to me. This is phenomenal technology. But we have three big major announcements. First of all, if you're in the Orlando area and you go into Megacon, you can be a part of this program. That's right. I'm letting guest readers come in. They can listen to me do a reading that we're going to broadcast on the iTunes and the Stitches. I'm going to find some quality fan fiction out there. We're going to make sure that you can get your voice heard. Second, if you're unable to come to Megacon in Orlando, Florida, don't be blue. You can listen to this program on the iTunes and the Stitches. And the best part is we got an easy-to-remember website for you to go to, and it is fanficshow.com. That's right. You can listen to the Fan Fiction Theater on fanfictionshow.com. We even have the old program, Pretentious Internet Theater. We have 69 episodes of that. We got this is the second episode of the Fanfic Playhouse. And now, ladies and gents, all the ships at sea. Big announcement number three is the story we are reading tonight. That's right. Last week, the internet was a buzz, a blaze, a Twitter think they use Twitter. Because I saw it was on Boing Boing. It was on the Nerdist. It was on the Daily Mail in the UK. Fan Fiction Playhouse is proud to present the audio debut of the hottest new piece of fiction out there. Conquered by Clippy. By Lena Delaney. Enjoy. Christine Ockerland was an independent woman. When the clerk at the grocery store asked her if she wanted help bagging her groceries, she said no thanks. When a man tried to hold the door for her, she opened the other door. When she got back to her apartment building, she skipped the elevator and hiked up the stairs instead. She even hated having to wear glasses over her striking gray eyes. And did she really need this hairband helping her flowing red hair stay out of her face? But she kept the glasses on and her hair up because she needed her vision unobstructed in order to read her email. She was pleased by what she saw there. Miss Ackerland, we have read your blog about the blocks and are impressed by your relationships with inanimate objects and ability to communicate using words. We have discovered an ancient alien artifact in the middle of a remote and dangerous location. We would like to send you there alone, without any help, to tell the artifact story. Yours, Bill Gates, CEO, Consoto Corporation. Christine expertly navigated her computer's operating system to formulate a perfectly formatted reply to Consoto. I'm in, she wrote. 
Bill Gates himself picked Christie up in a helicopter. He was a thin older man with a mop of unruly salt and pepper hair and dark rimmed glasses thicker than Christie's. Isn't this beautiful? asked Phil as they flew over the United States with all its trees and buildings and rocks. I suppose it is, she said. Fidgeting in the seat she was strapped into, she itched to get off the helicopter and start exploring this ancient alien artifact on her own. Phil kept turning to stare at her, and it made her uncomfortable. Finally, they approached the Silicon Valley. This is where we unearthed the vessel, explained Phil. We were mining for computer chips, and there it was, in the middle of an underground crater. The vessel was in the middle, but there are other pieces around the area. Together, they may tell a story. We reasoned it was a job for a writer to piece the story together and publish a white paper. Get me down there, and I'm your girl, said Christy. Phil turned to her. He smiled a little too wildly and stared at her a little too long. The helicopter jerked to the side. A greenish cloud sailed past Christie's window. Oh, jeez, we've been hit by a silicon geyser, said Phil. The helicopter plummeted deeper and deeper into the silicon valley. Phil tried to navigate the copter around more geysers, aiming for the middle of the excavated pit that came into view. Another geyser shot up and nicked the tail. The chopper shook as it approached the floor of the valley. Dang it! This chopper is going down, screamed Phil with a thud that made Christie's bosom jiggle. The aircraft crashed into the middle of the pit. It skidded to a halt. Phil turned to her. Are you okay? I'm fine. I don't need any help, said Christie. Phil unbuckled himself and reached over to hold her hand. It'll be okay. I think my Windows Phone 8.1 smartphone is broken, but we can wait here until help arrives. We'll be okay as long as we cuddle for warmth at night. Christy groaned. You stay here and cuddle yourself. I'm getting out to find that artifact. She hopped out of the chopper. She was disappointed when she heard Phil get out too. He put a hand on her back and rubbed it up and down. It's okay, I'll help. We can do this together and get back to the helichopper by nightfall. We might have to share a blanket, he laughed. A wheezy laugh like he was joking, but he obviously wasn't. The alien vessel was a long, gray, pill-shaped enclosure sticking out of the ground. It was slightly taller than Christie and had no visible windows or opening except for a tiny hole with a lens inside. How do you think we can open it? asked Phil. Christy ignored him and looked around. Debris littered the ground around the area where the vessel had presumably crashed from space. She picked up a piece of gray metal paneling. There was something embossed in it. A vertical line crossed a short horizontal line. It's a cross, said Phil. Are we dealing with ancient Christian alien cult? Frowning, Christy brought out her notepad. She sat with her back against the vessel and started writing the symbol down. The vessel immediately came to life. Top of it popped off, and it hissed with a release of air. Phil stumbled back, ready to run, but Christy stood and got her pen ready to record whatever she could. A high-pitched, bouncy voice echoed out the vessel. Would you like some assistance today? Christy raised one of her sculpted eyebrows. A figure climbed out the top of the vessel and pounced to the ground. Christy's jaw dropped as she found herself staring at a giant living paperclip. A curled rod of alien steel flexed and creaked as it bounced in place. A pair of white orbs with black lenses in the middle eyes stared back at her. 
dark ridges above the camera's eyebrows made a quiet sound as they raised. It looks like you're trying to write a letter. Would you like help? Asked the alien paperclip. I... No, thanks. I was doing just fine, said Christy, looking at the symbol on her page. A letter, said Phil. It's not a cross after all, but the letter T. Yes, Phil, I figured it out, mumbled Christy. What are you, you magnificently intelligent machine? Asked Phil. I'm Clippy, your office assistant. Would you like some assistance today? As Phil and Clippy chatted away like old friends, Christy explored the area. She found another warp steel panel with another symbol embossed on it. A perfect circle. She jumped when Clippy appeared right behind her. Looks like some research. Would you like some assistance today? No, she said, and headed toward a ridge surrounded by loose rocks and bits of metal. Phil and Clippy followed. Careful there, these rocks look dangerous, said Phil. Clippy extended the outer loose end of his paperclip-like body. Looks like you're navigating a dangerous surface. Would you like some assistance with that? She sighed and easily hopped over the rocks and found herself at the bottom of a ridge. Clippy helped Phil climb down on his thin, stick-like legs, which weren't much different from Clippy's wiry body. When they finally got down beside her, she pointed at the wall below the ridge. There's an opening, she said. It leads below the vessel where we found you, Clippy. Do you know what's down there? I am an office assistant. Can I assist you with your letter? So that's a no. Christy cleared some rocks away from the opening and eased herself inside. She emerged into a cavern pitched with blackness. She had come prepared. She reached for her tool belt, the weight of which was pulling her jeans down so that her red panties peeked over the edge. When she turned on her flashlight, she found Clippy in front of her, his camera eyes aimed at her waistline. For once, he didn't say anything. A small portion of her annoyance at the situation somehow turned to excitement and she got a brief thrill from having Clippy's inhuman eyes exploring her body. Then Phil showed up. I'm here, he said. Can I do anything? Christy came back to her senses and looked around. There was a man-made hallway, though it had gone some way towards being reclaimed by nature. The walls covered with roots, and the floor was pitted with gaping holes. She stooped to pick up another steel panel. This one had another O embossed on it. We need to keep going, she said. There were some doors at the end of the hallway, but a deep pit leading into the bowels of the earth blocked their path. Clippy's bouncy, high-pitched voice piped up. Looks like a hole. Would you like? Christy ran and leapt over the pit. Phil shrugged his shoulders and pumped his stick-like legs and made a leap for it too. He misjudged and found himself hanging on the edge of a bottomless pit. Clippy moved fast. He uncurled his body, then used one loose end to nudge Phil's butt enough for him to pull himself up. Breathing heavily, Phil put a hand on Christy's shoulder. I thought I was going to die, he said. Geez, what a thrill. A dangerous situation can sure, um, bring people together, can't it? He leaned in close, his lips puckering. Christy recoiled. Clippy somersaulted over the pit. Looks like an awkward romantic situation, he said. Can I assist in getting this guy off of you? She almost gave in and said yes, but instead just pointed her flashlight in the other direction and headed towards the doors. When she tried to handle one of them, the door collapsed inward, sending up swirls of ancient dust. It's an office, she said. When the dust cleared, the room held two desks, each covered in books, papers, and old computers. 
This is weird. It's like that hatch in the TV show Lost, said Phil. That was a good show, said Christy. Yep, his voice was sad. He was probably mopey because Christy had such good taste in TV shows. Wasn't interested in kissing him. They tried the door at the end of the hallway, which opened with a shove. This room was larger and filled with rows and rows of racks containing black boxes with tiny lights on the front and cables sticking out the back. They're digital supercomputer servers, said Phil, awe in his voice. Older models, but with so many of them, there's quite a lot of processing power here. Such raw power, such beauty, impressive. He sprinted down the rows, pawing at the dusty servers. Their lights still blinked. What was providing electricity way down here? Wow! shouted Phil, a little too loudly. The vibration of his voice echoed around the room, and something gave way. One of the rows of servers sank to the crumbling ground and started to topple. Looks like the ground is crumbling and my server farm brain is about to crush you both. Would you like? But he was too late. And servers were spilling from their racks, raining down on Phil. The corner of one hit the top of his head. As dark blood poured down his face, he raised his hands. But another server crushed his shoulder. Then another knocked his neck into a weird position. His spindly legs collapsed as he was buried in computers. Assistance? Finished Clippy. Okay, yes, I need assistance, Christy shouted as a blinking row of lights rapidly approached her face. Christy blinked dust out of her eyes. She felt strong arms around her. Clippy was surprisingly warm to the touch. He shrugged off some cables and broken servers he had prevented from crushing her. Thank you for saving me, said Christy. Too bad about Phil Gates. One sneaker foot struck out from a pile of metal, lights, and cracked motherboards. It's probably how he would have wanted to die, said Clippy. True that, said Christy. Clippy reached out his loose end, and she let him help her up. I feel different, he said. These computers were my brain, and now that it's damaged, I don't feel compelled to help you with everything. Can't say I'm disappointed. I still do want to assist you, he said. His digital gaze scanned her body and one eyebrow raised slightly. But it's no longer because of my programming. Christy looked down, and she saw that the loose end in the middle of Clippy's coil was sticking out. It was red and glowing at the end, as if his rod had been stuck in a fire. Clippy had a boner. You've been programmed to be very human, she said. Humans have certain needs. You've already helped me by saving my life. How about I help you for once? I'm not sure what you mean, he said. She reached out and grabbed his glowing red end. It was hot, but not too hot. He uncurled further at the touch. I micro hard, he muttered. She smiled with one side of her mouth and got on her knees. Unlike an actual paperclip, the end of his coiled body was rounded, and it felt smooth in her mouth. As she lapped and sucked and tongued at it, it became even redder and hotter. Her own human body part, vagina, felt hot too. Still sucking, she eased herself out of her jeans. When she allowed herself a glance up, his bulbous eyes were rolled back, his steel eyebrows arched with pleasure. She stopped. What are you? Shh, she whispered. She leaned back against one of the still-standing stacks of service. She took off her blouse. Now, only in her frilly red undergarments, she rested against the service, spread her legs, and began rubbing the wet spot on her panties. 
Would you like me to assist? Shut up, Clippy. Christie's delicate fingers delicately pulled her panties aside, then began rubbing her vagina and genitals. With her other hand, she reached behind her back and struggled to get her bra off. Would you like me to? Shut the f up, Clippy. Finally saying that out loud turned her on so damn much. She got the bra off and her perfectly engineered breasts popped free, with nipples like eager little puppy noses, and she brought herself to the edge of female orgasm. Clippy uncoiled further, and the red glow spread itself up his shaft. His eyes slid to stay near the coiled part of his body, but remained firmly fixated on Christy. She ripped her panties off and tossed them aside as she arched her back so close to coming, but the frustration of not quite getting there must have shown on her face. Would you like? Yes, Clippy, assist me! Assist me hard! He uncoiled almost entirely, so he was a straight rod with only a little coil at the top for his eyes to attach with magnets or whatever. The length of his metal shaft glowed with digital passion. He sprung forward, bounced into the air, and landed inside Christie's lady socket. She exploded with orgasm juice immediately, bubbling round the tip of Clippy's glowing rod. Clippy moaned with his bouncy little voice. Assist me deeper! Christie commanded. He complied, pushing more of his delightfully hot in temperature body inside of her, thrusting with a strength that only alien technology could power. Deeper! He pushed on until nearly half his body was inside of her. The supple flesh below her sternum bulged. She felt his warmth push past her and further up towards her internal organs, including her heart. But she had already come once, and it would take much more than f***ing to make her bust another ovary. Clippy seemed to sense it. It looks like you are trying to reach orgasm. Can I assist you using butt stuff? She nodded, beads of sweat jiggling on her forehead. With his rod so deep inside of her, Clippy was easily able to pick her up like kebab and flip her over onto her hands and knees. He curled so that one end could reach her butt while keeping the other end in her pussy. Clippy wasn't the first living inanimate object that Christy had made love to, but she'd never felt anything like this. He got his end to vibrate like an Xbox controller as he twiddled the rim of her anus. At the same time his other end pushed internal buttons she didn't even know were there. Just before she came again, she glanced back. Clippy's eyes were shut with pleasure. Curled like that, he looked like a giant letter C. As she spurted Lady Butter all over Clippy, she briefly remembered her mission to find more letters and figured out what he was. But before she could further ponder where he came from, he came from both ends. She felt both of her holes fill up with whatever substance paperclips emitted. She hoped this didn't make her pregnant again. Both of them shuddered with pleasure. Then Clippy uncurled out of her. He was so deep that it sounded like as he came out. A bit of silver liquid like that mercury stuff that used to be in thermometers dribbled from Christie's love port. She turned over and laid down on a bed of broken computer pots. Thank you for your assistance, she said. Christy laid still for a few minutes while she caught her breath, with Clippy's strong coils wrapped around her. Then she noticed another panel, lying beside a pile of rubble that Phil Gates's dead foot stuck out of. She reached over to pick it up. Another letter was embossed on the panel. S. She picked up her notebook from inside the pile of clothes and looked at the letters she'd collected so far. T. O. S. 
Terms of service? No, there were two O's. She rearranged them. Clippy looked down at her, his eyebrows raising with a whirring sound. A low muttering came from his mouth, like he wanted to say something, but knew he shouldn't. O-T-O-S. She fondly remembered Clippy bent into the shape of a C as he f***ed her and ate her ass. C-O-blank-T-O-S-blank. Consoto! She freed herself from Clippy's grasp, stood, and began putting her clothes back on. My gosh! She exclaimed. You were created by Consoto, the very company that sent me to investigate this crash site. You're not an alien artifact after all. Clippy sighed. I told you. I'm an office assistant. This underground facility is my office. Test office facility number 10. There are nine others. Only eight, actually. They skipped number nine. So you didn't crash from space. You were buried here by Consoto. The nearby pile of rubble shifted. Christy snapped her tool belt on, then aimed her flashlight at it. Phil Gates emerged from the rubble, except half of Phil's face was missing and replaced by metallic panels and wires. Phil! The CEO of Consoto is a robot? I'm not the real Phil Gates, said Robot Phil as he burst out of the rubble. Consoto experimented with artificial assistance back in the 90s. I am the friendly Phil model, and I managed to escape before they buried all of the test facilities. Clippy here was one of the first assistant models. I thought if I brought you here and you got to know us intimately, you could write about how great we were, and Consoto would have to give in to public pressure and unbury us. Christy gasped. That is so manipulative! Sorry, said Clippy. His eyebrows slanted. I didn't know about any of this. I just wanted to assist. Christy wagged her finger at both of them. Look, if I wanted help, I'd ask for it. If anybody wanted help, they'd ask for it. You want to be useful? Be there if I need you. But otherwise, stay the hell out of my way. Clippy and Friendly Phil both looked sheepish. Christy packed up her things, left the server room, leapt over the dangers in the simulated office, and hiked all the way back home. Epilogue. Christy put the finishing touches on her white paper, which she wrote on a Apple Macintosh computer. With shaking hands, she hit the publish button to distribute the paper to the world. Soon, everybody would know about the threat of the underground sex robots. She felt bad for Clippy, who was only trying to help. But he did help her reach a pleasurable orgasm twice, so he wasn't all that bad. She just wished he wasn't so annoying. Meanwhile, underneath the Silicon Valley, Clippy bent himself back into shape after a marathon round of simultaneously assisting Friendly Phil, Power Pup, and some holographic newcomer lady named Cortana. He scanned the internet and came across Christie's white paper. Maybe she was right. Maybe the digital assistants were a threat. She didn't even know that there were a lot more of them down here, gathering together. Even as he watched, Cortana high-fived Power Pup, then laughed a really villain sort of laugh, her face lit up green by the silicon geysers from which they gained their power. Clippy climbed out of the tunnels. Humanity needed its assistance. The End Christy Ackerland will return in the robot sex war. Ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure and honor it was to be able to read that story for you. And... If you go to fanfixshow.com, you 
can follow a link we're going to put for this is episode 71. We're going to link right to Leonard Delaney's Amazon.com store. So you can purchase some of his other works. Yes, you can own your own copy of Conquered by Clippy and read along as you hear my melodious voice telling you how the tale went. There's also his other story, the prequel to this, called Taken by the Tetris Blocks. You can also enjoy Sex Boat and his newest tale, Invaded by the Eyewatch. Special thanks goes out to Leonard Delaney for allowing Fan Fiction Playhouse to world premiere the audio version of Conquered by Clippy. Also, if you like Mr. Delaney's tale, make sure you visit his publisher, Forest City Pulp. Forest City Pulp are the independent publishers of provocative fiction, and they can be found at forestcitypulp.com. As always, you can subscribe to us on the iTunes, find us on the Stitcher, and send a telegraph through your Western Union to the Pit Podcast at gmail.com. This has been Leopold Cook for Fan Fiction Playhouse. Don't take any wooden nickels. Christie somersaulted, Clippy somersault, Clippy somersaulted over the pit. Looks like an awkward romantic situation, he said. Can I assist in getting this guy off for you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not what he said. <clears throat> Clippy somersaulted over the pit. The length of his metal shaft glowed with digital precision. No. Clippy seemed to sense it. It looks like you are trying to achieve another org. It looks like you are trying to reach orgasm. Shall I assist you in doing butt stuff? <laughs> Clippy seemed to sense it. Just before she came again, she glanced back. Clippy's eyes were shut with pleasure. Curled like that, he looked like a giant letter C. Give me a C. A bouncy C. Shloop, shloop. She freed herself from Clippy's grasp. She freed herself from Clip. She freed herself from Clippy's grasp. She freed herself from Clippy's. She from Clippy. That's a different story, guys.